Friday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the CKC Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in to the second episode. It's been a real busy week in the sports world, and honestly, I haven't been in a good mood this week. I've been depressed. Uh, the reason for me being depressed is all because football season will officially be over next week after Super Bowl 54. Um, this is always one of the most depressing times of the year for me. Gotta wait another long six months for football to kick off again. And, you know, also for us football fans during the offseason, even more sad things happen. Players getting traded, players signing to other teams as free agents. Our favorite players need uh, off-season surgery. And not to mention, retirements happen. And Eli Manning was the most recent one. Uh, the two-time Super Bowl winning MVP officially retired from the NFL today. Eli played 16 seasons, all with the New York Giants, winning two Super Bowls, both against the mighty Patriots, and one of them where he ended the Patriots' perfect season. Uh, the Patriots won 18-0 and failed to Eli Manning and the Giants in the Super Bowl. You know, there's a lot of debating going on surrounding Eli Manning, if he should be a Hall of Famer or not. And me personally, I don't know. I'm so stuck in between the two. You know, the reasons I think he should be a Hall of Famer are because he has two Super Bowls, both as a wild card team, two Super Bowl MVPs, started 234 games, 222 in a row. That's some serious durability right there. Um, he's seventh all time in passing touchdowns, seventh all time in passing yards, ahead of people like Joe Montana and the great John Elway. But the reasons I don't think he'll be in the Hall of Fame are because of his winning record, which is 117 losses, 117 wins which is balanced as life should be. Uh, he's 12th all time in interceptions with 244 and only making the playoffs six times in 16 seasons. So I really I really don't know if he should be in the Hall of Fame, but I think those two Super Bowls, I think they get him in there, especially being Tom Brady and Bill Belichick both times. But I got some good news though. XFL is about to start, which is a miniature NFL, uh, kind of like the D League of the NBA. XFL will consist of eight teams that play 10 games, and the rules are way different. They're totally different. So here are a couple of the rules. Uh, after a touchdown, the team has the option of running a play from the two, five, or 10 yard line, worth one, two, or three points. The team must run an offensive play and no kicking plays are allowed. I mean, I don't know how you can play football with no kicking. And the punting team can't release past the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked. Outside the last two minutes of each half, the game clock will run after incompletions and out-of-bound plays. Uh, one foot inbounds is a complete pass, just like college. Uh, the overtime will consist of one offensive play per team. Each possession starts at the opponent's five-yard line, and the offensive team has one play to score. Uh, the team with more points after five rounds is the winner. I don't really like that rule. I think it should be like college, you know, where both teams get a chance to score. And if you don't capitalize on it, then the other team wins. So I really don't like that rule. Um, Halftime is 10 minutes, not 15 minutes. And you know, those are just some of the different rules. So I see they're trying to set a faster pace of play and more action and creating chances for big time plays every possession. So, you know, I'm excited about it, looking forward to it. And, you know, most importantly, it can give uh, these players a shot at the NFL. But moving on from depressing times, let's move on to something that should make us all happy, which is basketball season. You know, I wanna start off by talking about that Kansas brawl. Oh my goodness. Kind of remind me of the malice at the palace. If you know, you know. 
So uh, Tuesday night, Kansas State versus Kansas ended in brutality. Uh, Kansas is up 81 to 59 with less than 20 seconds on the clock. So, you know, they're dribbling the ball, trying to run the time down. And a Kansas State player decides to steal the ball, go up for a layup that is just viciously blocked off the backboard by Kansas center Silvio de Sosa. He then stares down the Kansas State player and walks over him, which is understandable. Uh, it's a rivalry, you know. It's all about emotion and competition, playing to the final buzzer. But, you know, all that escalates into a huge brawl where punches were being thrown, fans are in the way, getting stepped on, pushed around, falling by these big-ass college athletes. You know, it was just total chaos. And that's not even the worst part. It gets more out of hand when Silvio de Sosa, the Kansas center, picks up a stool chair like he was about to throw it at someone. Luckily, it got knocked out of his hand uh, by a coach. And, you know, if he, if he threw that chair and hit someone, he could have injured them. He could have been incarcerated. And, you know, there would have gone his basketball career. And not to mention, he would have a criminal record if that was to happen. But he ended up getting a 12-game suspension, which I think is fair. Not like Kansas is getting far in the tournament anyway. But there is no clear-cut favorite this year in college basketball, which makes it even more exciting. Uh, we're only 12 weeks in, and there's been seven number one teams this year. Eight top, eight top 25 teams lost last weekend. So, you know, it's just chaos all around this year. You know, I honestly think a mid-major college can get into the Final Four. And the teams we're used to seeing dominate, like UNC, Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky, Virginia, Villanova, they all look average at best this year, besides UNC, who just completely sucked. Uh, so this March Madness is suiting up to be one for the ages. Now transitioning from the NCAA to the NBA. I just want to say, I gotta get this off my chest. Damian Lillard is the most exciting player to watch this season. I mean, you know, I know there's Luka Doncic, LeBron, Kawhi, John Morant, Giannis, and so on. But what Damian Lillard is doing this year is just ridiculous. There's no other way to put it. It's just absolute ridiculous. You know, they call him Dame Dollar, Logo Lillard, Dame Time. They call him all that for a reason. You know, me and my friend, we were watching that game five against the Trailblazers in OKC last season, where Dame had 50 and a buzzer beater from damn near half court to win the series against Russell Westbrook and Paul George and the Thunder. You know, I've, I've always been a Lillard fan, but after seeing what he did last year, I knew he was just different, totally different. You know, he's doing the same exact thing this year. Uh, the last six games, five of them, he has 30 plus points. Not to mention he put up 61, 61 points with 10 three-pointers last week against the Warriors. So you know Dame, he's my favorite player uh, right now. Gotta buy me a jersey ASAP. And, you know, I think he got snubbed from being an all-star starter as they were announced yesterday. But the all-star starters from the West, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Anthony Davis, and Luka Donich. I think Dame should have made it over Luka just because if you look at Dame's numbers, they're similar just to Luka. And he has the Blazers in the ninth, in the ninth seed just one away from the playoff spot with no help at all. Uh, no CJ McCullum. He's been in and out with an ankle injury. Their center Nurkic has been out all year. You know, they got Carmelo, but Carmelo's not the old Carmelo. So Dame, he's willing this team by himself. On the East, uh, the all-star starters were Giannis Antetokounmpo, Trey Young, 
Kimbo Walker, Joel Embiid, and Pascal Siakam. Uh, where's Jimmy Butler? I think Jimmy should have made it over Pascal Siakam just because of what he's doing his first year with the Heat. Heat being so young and having the number two seed in the East, Jimmy Butler averaging 21 points, seven assists, seven rebounds a game, and Siakam averaging 23.6 rebounds and three assists. So I think Jimmy got snubbed for the starting spot, but he'll definitely be an all-star reserve this year. Things are heating up in the NBA trade deadline. Multiple players have been rumored in trade talks. So I'm going to give a quick rundown of who I think should make some trades to be, to be real title contenders this year. So I first want to start off with the Houston Rockets. Uh, the Houston Rockets really been struggling lately, and I think it's because they don't have a power forward that can really spread the floor and is a scoring threat. Now, they have P.J. Tucker, but P.J. Tucker, just a defensive force that can shoot the three sometimes. You know, he's not very consistent. So I think with the Rockets, I think they should trade for Kevin Love. There's reports saying Love isn't happy in Cleveland. So why not bring him in? Uh, he has experience. He's a big that can space the floor and score in the post. Also, his playmaking ability is just off the charts. So uh, Houston, I think they should go out to Kevin Love and see what they can do there. The Sixers need to trade for Derrick Rose. And the reason, and the reason being is what the Sixers really need is a 6-3-6-4 combo guard that can knock down the outside shot, defensive versatility, and he can excel both off and on the ball. You know, I think he'll fit perfectly being the sixth man for Philly to compliment Ben Simmons. And, you know, if you take a look at Derrick Rose's last 11 games, he's averaging 21 points per game. So Philly should try and get D. Rose, and he was in the All-Star talk earlier this year. And, you know, he's the youngest to ever win the MVP. And the Boston Celtics, they need a big man. So why not go after a person who's been these rumors a lot this year? That being Steven Adams. Now, the center for OKC would be a perfect fit in Boston. Now, I think his aggressive screens could free up those snipers in Boston. Kimball Walker, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, who can all shoot off the screen. And I think his aggressive presence in the paint will give the Celtics everything they need because that's what they're really lacking right now. Um, he plays the center position the way it's supposed to be played, as a bruiser, you know, a board man who can grab any rebound. So, you know, I think if the Celtics were to get Steven Adams, I think that put them over the top. And lastly, I think the Clippers need another solid, experienced wing. You know, the right player for that would be the one and only, my favorite player of all time, Andre Iguodala. I think the Clippers need another player that has excellent, excellent perimeter defense. And why not go after Andre Iguodala? He's been sitting out all season just because he doesn't want to play with the Grizzlies. So, you know, I think he's healthy. And I think him coming in behind Kawhi Leonard would be perfect, perfect to give Kawhi rest when needed. And he has that experience, a leader, uh, three rings. He stopped LeBron in the finals. And he'll give you good points off the bench, lock down the fender. So the Clippers get their hands on them. It's gonna be tough, really tough to beat them, way tougher than it is now. And you know, speaking of tough, it's getting tougher every day to keep watching the NBA because there's absolutely no defense being played anymore. Teams are averaging 125 points per game, where back in the day, teams were only averaging 90. It was hard to break 100 points. Plus every shot, every shot is a three-pointer. Driving to the paint and being aggressive, it, that just don't exist anymore. And you know, it's annoying. 
But that's just where the game, what the game is coming to. Game is evolving. And you know, not to mention the refs blow the whistle every 10 seconds. You know, I always say, I grew up in the wrong generation when it comes to watching bas basketball. I would love to see MJ, Patrick Ewing, Clyde Drexler, Sean Kemp. I can go on and on. I just would love to see them battle back in the day instead of all this soft stuff that's really going on this year and past years in the NBA. And now there's some talk about the commissioner, Adam Silver, proposing a play-in season tournament, which would consist of the regular season will end on a Saturday, one week before the start of the playoffs, as opposed to ending on Wednesday. Uh, that's been the case for years. Uh, the top six teams in each conference will be in the playoffs. The teams in seventh through 10th place in the regular season standings, they will play off as follows. The seventh and eighth place teams will play with the winner clinching the number seven playoff seed. The teams holding the ninth and 10th place regular season spots will also play and the winner of that game will play the loser of the seventh and eighth game to determine the number eight playoff seed. And from there, the first two rounds will be played as usual. Uh, once the playoff field is down to four teams, those clubs will be, they will be reseeded based, uh, based on their regular season record. No, that is just entirely too much, way too much. They need to leave it how it is. Um, they need to leave it like it's always been with the best eight teams in each conference, they get into the playoffs. Um, I believe that the teams that don't make it to the playoffs, you just work in the off season, you get better, and then you come back next year and you try to do it again. You know, nobody wants to see a team with, with 25 wins in the playoffs. Nobody wants to see that. You wanna see teams that earned it and fought all season to make it. And you know, the NBA is just getting softer and softer by the minute, just like the MLB. Which brings us to our last topic. Uh, the MLB, they have no plans to strip the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox of their World Series titles, says Commissioner uh, Rob Manfred. You know, after the Red Sox and the Astros, they were caught cheating, stealing signs, signals in the World Series, which both teams won. The commissioner said that the Red Sox investigation is still going on, but the Houston Astros, who were fined $5 million and got their four draft picks stripped. Their manager, AJ Hinch, who was suspended for the whole 2020 season. Um, I don't think that punishment is enough. Uh, I do think they should be stripped from their championship just because they're sign stealing and, they're, and they were using technology to do it. The Astros had an elaborate system they used to signal batters um, with a banging, a banging noise. You know, I think that's just totally unfair advantage that got them a World Series ring in 2017. You know, Houston cheated. They cheated to win. The punishment should be obvious. They weren't the best team in baseball, so I do believe they need their championship stripped from them. You know, I get tired of people saying everyone cheats to win. I feel like if you can't win fair and square, then you're not good enough to win at all. So, you know, that's all I have to say on that. But before I go, I would like to introduce my new segment, the cool kid game where every episode i will nominate two athletes to the cool kid gang based off something cool they did in a game something funny they did or just something outside of sports they did that was dope and the first two people to get inducted are larry fitzgerald wide receiver for the arizona cardinals and zion Williamson, small forward for the new orleans pelicans larry fitzgerald bought a minority stake 
in the Phoenix Suns, the NBA team. And for those of you who don't know, the minority stake is an investor that owns less than half the shares of the company. So Larry Fitzgerald has an ownership share in the Phoenix Suns. You know, I think it's dope seeing black athletes getting stakes in franchises. So shout out to Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, he's always been one of a kind, man. Uh, he just keeps paving the way. Legend. And I also want to induct Zion Wilmerson to the Cool Kid game. The 19-year-old number one draft pick, Hoop Phenom from Duke, made his NBA debut Wednesday night. After missing the first two months uh, due to knee surgery, he struggled at first uh, during that game. He really struggled, only having five points entering the fourth quarter. But boy, did he turn the fuck up in the fourth quarter, dropping 17 straight points in three minutes and 38 seconds, shooting four for four from three, which wasn't his strong suit in college. You know, I've been sleeping on Zion, mainly because he played at Duke, and I'm a Duke hater. But he got my respect Wednesday. I can't wait to keep seeing him play. So shout out Zion. Keep killing, man. And that's all the time we have here today on the CKC Podcast. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. Tune in next week as I'll have a very special guest, one of the most important ladies in my life. You don't want to miss it, man. So it's going to be lit. Stay blessed, my people. And most importantly, stay cool.